Welcome to the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. In every episode here, we discuss different things that are relevant to female health. We also cover essential oils and other germane topics to female health. Flip on your diffuser and bask in the beauty that is essential oils and naturopathy. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man, concurrent with the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. I hope you're doing well today. As we finish up spring break, why do we have spring break still? I do not understand this. How about we just keep plowing through the watered-down college and high school educational experience and just get out of school earlier in the summer? Why do we still have spring break? But Greg, we've always had it. I like with daylight savings argument. Well, it's because we have to go plow the fields. Come on. This is 21st century America. We don't need spring break. In the old days, you need spring break because they were reading the Iliad in Greek. What do kids do in college now? It is so watered down. They don't need a break from school. 98% of it. It's just 98% excuse to go down to Panama City, Cancun, Padre and just be debauched. Let's be real. And speaking of debauched, we're going to talk about women. Don't be a whore. So this episode is concurrent with the awakened man, the main thread, and also with female holistic health apothecary. Because look, honestly, I do care about female health. And one of the worst things you can do, women, is to be a whore. Now, before we begin, I like to read reviews. We got a new review, and this is from the Larry Boy Ten. Thank you so much for the content you provide. You're a joy to listen to, especially in the season of pain. <laughs> Maybe he just got divorce raped. I turned your podcast and I feel a lot of comfort. I love how you don't shy away from the biblical stuff too. Honestly, you're just the most authentic dude. Trust, Be true, true to yourself. Keep it up, bro. Never stop. We need you. My fave podcast by far. Well, thank you. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. I'm sorry that you're going through some stuff right now. And uh, yeah, I don't shy away from the biblical because ultimately I'm accountable for my faith. And if I'm encouraging you to sin, then it's just like it says in, in Matthew and Mark. It's better if you if you bring sin into the world of the little ones, as Jesus says, it's better to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and thrown into the sea. So I cannot in good nature encourage you to fornicate. Just like if you ever want to know if somebody is good in your life, if they're encouraging you to sin or to pick up a vice, newsflash, they're not good for you. They're not good for you. But Larry, I appreciate that. And as I said, any any of you guys write a comment and review, I will read it. All right. So today we're going to talk about women don't be whores. Now, this is so contrary to the sexual revolution and the sex positive movement that has told women, if men can do it, we can do it. No. Men and women are fundamentally, biologically, psychologically wired differently. I know the feminists don't want you to believe this, right? If a man can do it, a woman can do it. They just want to obliterate all gender, right? Well, we certainly know that with the gender wars, the transgender wars that are going on now. That if you say anything that is even remotely uh, biblical or traditional or conservative, you're a transphobic because that's the new thing that they're shoving down our throat, the... Uh, the social, the social engineers, the fifth column, whatever you want to call them, the change agents. But look, there's tons of studies out there. The long-term psychological effects of multiple sexual partners. I mean, you can just Google this. You can find in PubMed tons of articles. 
the more sexual partners a woman has, higher rate of alcohol, substance abuse, anxiety, and depression. I'm just gleaning over one that's from a New Zealand study. So women, if you love yourself, why would you be whoring it up? Also, we know, you can look this up too, because we're just for the sake of time, the more sexual partners a woman has, higher rate of infidelity and higher rate of divorce. Something like 5% for every partner. So men, here's the problem. We've talked about this before. Like when you meet your virtuous 35-year-old and you're, you're looking for your second marriage or maybe it's your first, she can virtue signal and wear the, the chapel veil at church and you don't know her past. You know, most of her time kneeling could have been doing BJs and not in the pew. That's the problem with this, right? There's the, the ambassadors. You just don't know what you're getting. The, the values chameleon bait and switch later on. I can't tell you how many men that I know that have gone down this road. Well, she 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 said she was a good girl, and then, yeah, after we got married, I found out she was borderline, and she she kept it from me, and that she uh, she was raped when she was 19, and then she rode the carousel. You know, all this stuff. You know, And look, I understand some women are sexually assaulted in, in, in their teenage land, and that throws off their psychosexual development, or they have daddy issues because they didn't have a father in their life. And for whatever reason, they become promiscuous in high school, you know, the slutty te- the slutty cheerleader or the slutty college kid. I understand that, but still women, you are accountable for your actions, just like addictions and obesity. We are accountable for any food or drug that we put in our mouth. I know there's pre-existing conditions, early childhood trauma that might have made you more predisposed to doing that, to be self-destructive, but it doesn't matter. Ultimately, we are responsible for our bodies. You can't blame everybody. That's a victim mentality. So women, yes, I understand some of you might have daddy issues or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You opening your legs to more men than you should is bad for your health. It's bad for your health. But the sex positive movements are like, oh, party it up. Be like the girls from Girls or the girls from Sex in the City, those post-wall hags. Be like that. Be Samantha from Sex in the City, Kim Cattrall's character. Nobody <laughs> should strive to be that. But she was like the epitome and embodiment of sex positive, right? I'm 50, I'm 55, and I'm still banging everybody. And she's miserable. Candace Bushnell, the creator of Sex in the City, came out interview like five years ago, said, I regret my decisions. Now, because she's not married, never had kids, right? Sex positive, right? Don't have kids. They'll keep you down from taking your trips to Cabo with your girlfriends and your man whores. She's like, I regret it. Now I'm never going to have kids. I don't have a man in my life. And she essentially said in so many words, I'm entering my invisible years for the next 30 years because she's like 58, 55, 60. Does that get page one of the New York Times? Hell no. Because they want you to still believe that you opening your legs to random men throughout your life isn't bad for you. It is. This is why I get mad at women who say that MGTOW channels and Red Pill channels are misogynistic. No, some of them are, okay, overtly are, but many of them really are trad con channels, traditional conservative channels. And what are they telling women? Stop being a whore. Stop being a whore. And look, some like my channel will say, men, stop sleeping around because look, the pump and dump milieu that we're in is destroying society. It's it's, it's destroying society. Now, most MGTOW channels are not going to tell you that because they want to tell you what 
you want to hear so you'll like them and buy their products and follow them more. I don't care because I don't make a dime off this podcast. You whoring it up, man, is contributing it because how are women going to hoard up if there's no men for them to hoard up with? So when you're on Tinder, Bumble, wherever, and you're there to get laid, you're not getting laid to a rabbit. You're getting laid to a woman. So you're just mutually destroying each other and society. It's what we call internecine. It'd be internecine, mutually destructive. So you're not helping. Why don't you be chaste and celibate, men? I know this is hard. Not all of you are there, but maybe you know, God has a plan long term. Maybe your plan is to eventually be this. But if you step back, you think, oh, yeah, all the, all the things that you're doing to bust your nut in a woman. So essentially masturbate inside a woman because that's what, that's what hooking up is. There's, no, there's nothing intimate about it. It's just, you're just masturbating inside of her, essentially. And I, I, I like to think you're going to reach a point where you realize, man, this isn't helping me because it's making me further from God because you're fornicating and you're not chaste. Same for porn. Porn's no different. I'm not going to take it out, take it easy on you guys. Porn is insidious, and you try very hard to get off of it. But we do what we can to bust a nut, right? So we got to find a woman, and then you then you start rationalizing. Oh, but she's a whore, and she wants it. Yeah, but you know that girl was somebody or is somebody's daughter. That girl, as much as we want to lament and talk trash about women and what happened to 21st century women. They eventually do want to get married. And look, society was strong for hundreds of years because why? Look at the show Bridgerton on Netflix. Women were virtuous. Women were virgins, so they got married. Yes, the the men sometimes would go to the whorehouse for a little while when they were younger, but eventually they wanted to marry if they found a virtuous good woman. And that virtuous good woman would make that man a better man because she would bring those values the Christian values, the religious values. Because back then it was the women that were the, the provider of the religious faith and, and the cultural and the culture and, and, and the norms and so forth. It wasn't necessarily the man. She was the domestic goddess of the hearth, so to speak, not to use too much hyperbole, but she would tame the wild man with her goodness and virtue. <laughs> I could just laugh saying this now because this this doesn't exist. This paradigm doesn't exist anymore. The, the good, virtuous woman. And even if she does, well, we've talked about the unicorn over at the Awakened Man. Even if she does, the court system and law enforcement system is there to destroy you at any time if she were to change. So marriage is very untenable right now. Very untenable. But my point is this. That woman doesn't exist, really. The virtuous woman. The good woman. Now, look, some of you guys who go to TradCon, Trad Orthodox, Trad Mormon churches, you might find the 21-year-old virgin. I go to my church, you know, I'm recording this on Monday. I just went to my church and I see these couples, man. The woman must be like 31 and has five kids under the age of eight. So look, there are women who are like this. That's not to say I'd want to be these men because again, these women could change their mind anytime and then they're screwed. Can you imagine the child support on five kids? But a lot of these women are very religious and they think, oh, if I divorce my husband, I could possibly go to hell, right? So they're not the type to do it, but that's neither here nor there. My point is women, whoring it up on any level does not benefit you in any way, shape, or form. It's going to give you ephemeral pleasure. And if the guy's really good, lots of ephemeral pleasure. But it's only going to give you temporary pleasure. And then when you leave and do the walk of shame, you're going to feel bad about yourself. 
And you're going to have cognitive dissonance. All these women have cognitive dissonance. And I would say men who pump it up to a certain level, especially if they come from a religious background, also have cognitive dissonance. But the women certainly do. When they're leaving doing the walk of shame, they're like, oh, that was fun. And then they start feeling bad. Now, some of you atheists would say it's because religion has told you to feel guilty. But look, hedonism. Is there a better cautionary tale than the the, the portrait? I always get mixed up. Portrait picture of Dorian Gray on hedonism. That is a great novel. Look, Oscar Wilde was an inveterate homosexual and, and, and so forth. And, but that's a great novel. On the, It's a cautionary tale of pursuing hedonism. Because when you don't have God in your life, what is there to pursue? Essentially pleasure-seeking, right? Selfish gains. I pursue what's good for me. It's all moral relativism. But these women, they're like, yeah, I got to get mine. I got to get mine. I got to get my D. And then they get the D and then they feel bad. Why? Because you're the receptor of the act. You receive the man's semen. And that semen of the various men builds up in you and you absorb it. They've done studies. We did that episode over at Wake and Man how semen is an No, I think it was here too. Semen is a natural antidepressant. Why? Because it, semen is absorbed by the female body. So the man's essence is absorbed into the body of the female. And we used to teach this to daughters, right? Only have one lover in your life. Do not give up your flower, your, your maidenhead, so to speak, until you meet your husband. And that is it. One lover in time. And that worked. That worked. Moms don't really teach that to the kids. And certainly if they do, it doesn't really matter because parents as a whole have a very small influence now on their kids compared to the bigger parent in the world, which is Hollywood, social media, and alike. If you're if you're if you're a truly Christian couple trying to raise your 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 kids, but you're taking them to public school and you're letting them watch YouTube and Netflix and everything, you're screwed. I mean, you have no shot. You really have no shot. This isn't 1800s England, 1910 America, when we were imbued in a Christian milieu. Everywhere you want, Christianity was around. Everywhere. We're not in that. We're in an anti-Christian world. So that's not going to work. But I would exhort you women. Those are all the lies of the devil, the glamour of evil, as we say. So when you hear, or some of you don't even hear it, it's just what you've just picked up since high school, right? Sleep with as many men as you want. It's good for you. That's the devil whispering that in your ear because you can clearly go to the Bible. So many places in the Bible. Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 7, where it talks about not to fornicate how it destroys you and consumes you. So what should you do? Women, some of you are going to be too old for this, but let's say we got a 22-year-old. Hopefully she got the right college degree, doesn't have a lot of debt. Be selective. Marry quickly. You're at your peak sexual market value. You're never going to be prettier. You're never going to be a catch as much as you are when you're 22, 23, 24. Aim high. Aim older, 30, 34. A man who's already making money. And look, I'm not going to lie because, again, I don't hate women. Women look for men who have money, but also men who have ambition, but also have con- compassion and charity and are religious men. Because religious men, even though the divorce statistics will tell you that women initiate divorce 75% of the time and 90% if they're college educated because they've been vitiated by feminism. But even so, a, a, a Christian man, a godly Christian man is much less likely to divorce you than a secularist man. 
So you have to have discernment. Find the Christian man because you know who else is over there at, at age 30, 34 making a lot of money? The narcissist. And we always like to talk about female narcissists, but statistically it's men who are much more likely to be narcissists. You have the army hammer types. There are certainly men who are rich and wealthy and good looking that are narcs. And you don't want to marry a narc. You really don't. I think we have an episode here on the three stages of dating a narc. You really don't want to date a narcissist. So you should be looking for somebody who is Christian, a Christian man. I would tell you Catholic, of course, but any Christian man who's actually practicing his faith. That means you go to his house. He's got a cross or a crucifix or a Bible around. He's actually reading the Bible and can quote the Bible. Not the male version of the values chameleon, but a godly man, a man who's made good decisions. He doesn't have debt. He has a high credit rating a man who wants to have kids because you probably want to have kids, a good man, a masculine man, and parlay your peak sexual market value and marry that man. And chances are you will have a happy life because he's going to be happy getting a woman who's essentially a virgin. Maybe you had a couple partners in high school, college, but essentially you're going to be certainly more virtuous than the 30, 32-year-old, 35-year-old divorcee who's got 40 sexual partners. And believe me, that is not a hyperbole. We can break this down. If a woman, if a girl in college has a partner a month, that's 12 partners in a year. That's 48 just in four years. So let's say she has a boyfriend. You know, just I mean, go to college. It's all hookup culture. Let's say she's got a boyfriend, two boyfriends, even a uh, a year. So that's eight or nine just in college. And if she doesn't marry after that, and she's doing the Sex in the City girls routine in her 20s, and she has just just one partner every six months in 10 years through her 20s. That's already, if you add that up with college, that's about 30 right there, easily. So you're going to be happy. The man's going to be happy because he's getting a virtuous woman at her peak of her beauty, youth, and virtue. He's going to be happy because he gets to breed you out and you're young and beautiful. You're going to be happy because you're getting, you're tapping into your paleolithic need for provisioning and security and hypergamy. You're not marrying the janitor, no offense to janitors, but you're marrying a man who's gonna who's wealthy, he's gonna take care of you. So you're getting that out of him. I mean, this is the way it was for time immemorial. Younger, beautiful woman marries older, established man. You can start having your kids young, and you're more likely to have kids if you want to have kids, because you'll be more fertile in your twenties. And if you follow the feminists and tell you, oh, party it through your twenties and thirties, you can start having kids at forty one. And they know full well you probably won't. Because you'll be infertile by then. So breed out your kids in your 20s. Then if you want to go use your degree, then you can go to to work in in your 30s when the kids are in school. And then you can have a career if you want to have a career. Not worrying about her being disillusioned and worrying about maid gardening and law propiquity and all these things that you you men are going to have to deal with by having your woman go to work and be encountering other men at work. But that's neither here nor there. So women, that's what I would tell you to do. Do not fall for the lie of the devil. And it is the lie of the devil. Everything that comes from the radical left comes from the devil. Karl Marx's own father, and you can read this in memoirs, thought his son was a, a, was possessed by a devil, by a demon. He really thought that. Oh, Karl Marx the saint who impregnated his maid and then abandoned her. Great guy, just great guy. But everything that comes from the, the radical left is really from the devil destroying the family the devil wants that destroying freedom and private property devil wants that destroying christianity clearly devil wants that so don't listen to anything the left tells you listen to what godly people are telling you 
And the best thing to do is do what you know you should be doing and what we've been telling women for thousands of years. Marry young, marry good, have discernment. Don't marry Chad or Tyrone. And I will even tell you, don't even marry for love because you women are so stupid at 18, you get P-napped. I'm going to marry the starving artist, the starving musician. No. Have discernment. Vet for the narc and the sociopath, antisocial men. Pick a godly man. You are likely to have a good life. And conversely with you men, I mean, even though this episode's about women, same thing. Same thing. Vet the women, especially for, for borderline and for histrionic personality disorders. All the all, Most personality disorders. Depression, anxiety. Be careful of the women in the 30s, 35, 40, especially if they've already been divorced because, you know, they initiated that divorce already and they, they, they can do it to him. They'll do it to you. This woman's been riding the carousel. You're, you're getting damaged goods. It's like the, the guy, it, like if the woman marries young, it's like buying a Porsche with 2,000 miles. As opposed to you marrying, let's say you're 35. And instead of you marrying the 35-year-old, which is a tantamount to you buying a car that's got 200,000 miles on it and expecting it to last for 20 years. It's just a horrible return of investment. I mean, as it is, it's a bad analogy because cars are a horrible return of investment. But my point is this. You want to get a car that has less mileage and the equivalent would be women. So you're a 35-year-old making good money and you have a choice. Remember, you are the catch. You are the king. Go to the past episodes. Go young. Try to find a virtuous. If you want to marry, which I would tell you not to, but if you want to marry, go young. 23, 24, 25. Those women have not been scarred as much by the sex positive movement and by radical feminism. But even then, you're going to have to vet carefully. And I would go to the churches. And even, you know, a lot of the churches don't have good Christian women. But as a whole, it's better than better than being with the secularist. So, like, when you're on your dating profiles, you can always uh, kind of select and narrow down your your search. And you can put in religious women, different denominations. And I would put that. And I'll, honestly, I would also put, you can do it by political ideology. Just, just, just check off conservative women. And I know, look, I know there's values, chameleons, and bait and switches. But it's better than checking off liberal women. I don't even care if you're a liberal man. Liberal men still want conservative women because they know they'll be, make better wives. So if you're if you're a guy on these dating profiles, I know you can't do it on Bumble or, or Tinder, but if you're on eHarmony or Match or whatever, literally go through the field and just pick out conservative, very conservative, and then pick all the religious dominations. Do not pick atheist. Do not pick liberal. This will help you a little. And then go young. And last thing, for you guys who are 35, 40, you think, oh, I'm such a pig for going 24-year-olds. Okay, Cupid tracks that stat. I told you, every man is looking at, in their age range, 25-year-olds. Doesn't mean every man can get a 25-year-old, but again, it makes sense. Why do we not shame women who want to be with rich men, but we shame men who want to be with young women? Mm. Right? Both sexes are shallow. Women want to be with rich men. All right. You can't exorcise that out of them. But you can't exorcise the need and desire of a man, no matter what his age, just to be with a woman at peak SMV. Because this is the way we're wired. So don't expect us to stop looking at 24-year-old cuties when you're a 42-year-old fat woman. If you age well, men won't leave you. I've talked about this in previous episodes. Women. It's simple to keep a man happy. So simple. It's so simple. 
I don't care how disenchanted you are with your husband 10 years in, sexual availability, age well. In other words, keep your figure, be kind, don't nag. That's pretty much it. You don't have to be a good cook anymore. You don't have to clean anymore because you can just hire somebody. That is it. Kindness, don't nag, age well, and keep your legs open for when he wants it. That's all you have to do to keep a man happy. It's so easy. But you women don't get it because you have so much hubris and pride, right? No, no, no. He, he, he did this five years ago, or you know, he works too much, or he works too little, or you know, whatever. You blame whatever on the man, or the man that has allowed you to stay home so you can be with the kids, so you don't have to work. Because like Esther Vilar said in the Manipulated Man, classic 1973 book, women have the option to work. Men don't. Just like women don't have to go to war if there's a war. Men do. But the audacity of you guys to complain to your man when your man is your human ATM machine and allowing your ass to stay home where you don't have to work while the man is doing all the work. I don't want to hear it. Anyways, in closing, women, don't be whores. If you're young, marry. If you're 25, 30, 35 and you haven't married or you're a divorcee, Go to therapy, purge your demons because you you have stuff. You have stuff in there and uh, work on your addictions, work on your codependence because so many women are codependent. And again, just listen to what I said. Four things you got to do to make a man happy. Just suck it up and do those four things. And you know what? The man will repay you. The man will be happy. The man will be happy. All you have to do too, throw a fifth one and just stroke his ego a little. Thank you, husband, for working so I don't have to work. Men crave the thank. Just thanks for working. Thanks for being a man. Thanks for tolerating my mood swings. Now, yeah, men could do the same thing. Thank you, wife, for whatever fill in the blank. But this is a man's channel. So you say, thank you, husband, for fill in the blank. Just say it a couple times a week. That's all you have to do. Men are so simple. We're essentially like little dogs. Just pat pat him on the back. Pat him on the back. That's all you got to do. But women who are 35, 40, don't go back to Tinder and Bubble for your validation. I got to feel young. I got to get banged by Chad and Tyrone. No. Again, you're just increasing your chances. And look, men, last thing. If you're dating, a, if you're about to date a woman who are 35 or 40, remember, think how many sexual partners she had. And you go full circle. The more sexual partners a woman has, higher rate of infidelity. Higher rate of divorce, depression, anxiety, alcohol addictions, and all these things. Why would you marry that? Why would you marry that? So again, go to that episode. Seven ways you know that that you we know that you don't think you're the catch. If you're a 35, 40-year-old man, you probably have some assets. Why would you consider marrying a 35, 40-year-old woman when she's bringing so much baggage? Go to the 22-year-old. But I can't get a 22-year-old. That's a scarcity mindset. You can if you think you can, if you think you're the catch. Guys, I know this one rambled out at the end, but women, just don't hoard it up. Simple as that. Guys, post an honest review. If you agree or disagree with me, post an honest review. It takes you two seconds. If you write a review, because you can just post and push in the five stars and that's it. If you write a review, then I'll read it if it's positive or negative. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. Donate $5, $10 to defray the cost of hosting this podcast because it does cost money for me to host it over on SoundCloud. And also there's a link for Naturopathic Earth. Click on that. That's the main website of mine. Go to that. Read the articles that are there. 
On the right side of the homepage, you'll see my two books, Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior and Confessions of an Obese Child. Click on that. It takes you to Amazon. If you want to buy those books, paperback or Kindle, that's awesome. But if you don't want to, that's fine. From there, just buy whatever you're going to buy on Amazon. And if you buy something within 24 hours of going through our links, I get a 2% commission no expense to you. They don't raise the price. Also, uh, a Clarity FM. Go to clarity.fm and you can look me up and we can talk. Talk about red pill stuff, divorce, marriage, intersexual dynamics, weight loss. And lastly, please, as I mentioned, subscribe and post an honest review for The Awakened Man, for Female Holistic Health, Apothecary, and for Confessions of an Obese Child. And this is important because when you subscribe and post a review, it elevates through the algorithm the podcast. So if you go to your Apple phone and you type in in the podcast app, MGTOW, I'm the first channel that pops up, and that's because of you, because of you guys who contributed to the Awakened Man cause, not financially, but by you subscribing and posting a review. So I have 370 reviews or whatever, which is nothing compared to like gigantic podcasts. But still, I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of that because you did those reviews, and that's why I always encourage you to do the reviews. Let's get this message out so we can save a man and stop his wedding. Until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. If you'd like to reach out and talk to us, please reach out to the Awakened Man Facebook group and post a comment or ask a question over there. Thank you very much. God bless. Take care. Take care of your health. And breathe in some aromatherapy.